0: Welcome back. It's still Mile High Magazine with Murphy Houston. Happy Sunday. Glad you are here. I don't know if you know this or not. It is March. You know that. But March is also Colon Cancer Awareness Month. And this year, as we did last year, I'm very excited to have with us oncologist Dr. Sujatha Nalapareti from the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. Sujatha, how are you?
1: I'm good, Mr
0: Murphy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad you came back. I like talking about the colon cancer month because it's you know, it's kinda of one of those cancers you just don't hear a lot about as much as other type cancers like breast cancer or whatever. So let's talk about that colon cancer and who's really at risk for colon cancer now that we're in colon cancer awareness month.
1: Yeah. Hi. Yeah. So thank you for giving this opportunity to talk about colon cancer, uh, because March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month, as you said. So every year in the United States, we see almost 150,000 new cases of colorectal cancers. And it is third leading cause of cancer, as well as third leading cause of cancer death in the United States. <laughs> So, if you look at uh, who is at risk of colon cancer, uh, it used to be called cancer about 50 years of age. So, those are the people who are really at high risk for colon cancer are people about 50 years of age. But we are also seeing more and more young colon cancer. When I say m colon cancer, I mean people in 30s to 40s are also uh, being seen more lately. The other uh, risk factors for colon cancer include if you have a family history of colon cancer, or even if your family members have polyps diagnosed on colonoscopy, they are at increased risk for colon cancer. Also, if you have any conditions like Crohn's disease, or ulcerative colitis, which are autoimmune conditions involving the colon, that can also increase your risk. Also, we have seen increased risk in African-Americans, Ashkenazi Jews, and some Native American populations have been at increased risk for colon cancer. Also, diabetes has shown to be at increased risk for colon cancer. So those are the most uh, uh, cause a increased risk for colon cancer,
0: I would say. Well, and, and I'm curious. Let's back up here a little bit. Why mm-hmm. are we why are we seeing increase in the young colon cancer patients? That seems awful young in your 30s and 40s.
1: Yeah, I, I I totally agree. It's like, uh, why? So I think there have been a lot of studies and research going on to find really the cause for colon cancer, but so far what is, it has shown is like it's mainly our lifestyle. It's mainly like the environmental factors like processed foods and obesity. Those are and sedentary lifestyles, especially with the COVID too. I've seen like mostly patients like not moving much and not doing, being active. So what happens is when you have inactivity and with our dietary changes, there is a lot of inflammation in the colon and inflammation leads to increased um, uh, risk for cancer too. So that's what we have been thinking as the process for increased risk of colon cancer in younger population.
0: Well, and that's a good awareness point because I was always brought up with the thought, well, if you're over 50, you better start getting your colonoscopy because you're now in the target range of getting colon cancer. But now these young folks better be aware as well.
1: Yes, I totally agree.
0: So what are some of the screening recommendations for detecting colon cancer people may not be aware of, especially these younger people?
1: Yep, exactly. So the recommendations for colon cancer, the screening, the main gold standard is colonoscopy. Colonoscopy is a test which a gastroenterologist does, and you need to get referral from your primary care physician. And it's mainly going through your colon and rectum with a tube with a light at the end, and they go through the whole colon and look for any uh, growths or cancers. And if they see any precancerous conditions, they can even remove them at the same time. So it's mainly preventing cancer even before it becomes. The other test is stool-based test. If uh, patients don't want to go through colonoscopy, they can start with stool-based test where you have to collect stool sample, and it looks for blood or cancer DNA in the stool. It's called Kologad, which has been all over. So you can start with guard test, and if it's positive, then can go to colonoscopy. The only thing with guard test is you have to do it yearly, basically. But if you do a colonoscopy, you may be okay for five years if you see only polyps, and if you don't see anything, you're good for 10 years. So I would prefer a colonoscopy over Cologod if I have to do. I also want to stress uh, as you said, it's 50 and above, but the new guidelines are showing that you should start screening at 45 and above. So American Cancer Society and even uh, other uh, guidelines are all going towards 45 and above, and even insurance companies are taking it now, and they are allowing patients who are 45 and above to get the Screening, And that's the new thing. It's only started a year or two year a year and a half ago that we started with the new recommendations of getting everybody screened at 45 and above so that we can detect uh, early cancer.
0: Well, I can tell you this because I've had, I don't know, two or three colonoscopies and I've been very blessed of nothing found been every 10 years, and now that I'm older, I don't have to even take them anymore, the colonoscopy, because the doc says, well, I think you're good to go, which was okay. And the colonoscopy isn't as bad. When I first started taking them, it was kind of a tough test, but the last couple of them, they're pretty easy.
1: Yeah, I totally get it. And like after 75, you don't really need to do colonoscopies is what they say if you don't find anything. Yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. We're talking with uh, Dr. Sujatha Nalaparati, who is an oncologist over at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. And m- March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month, and that's what we're trying to do. So, Doctor, what are some of the common signs and, and maybe symptoms for colon cancer?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good question, because I think that's where we are lacking in younger population, where they don't think it's serious. When they see symptoms like some blood in the stool, they ignore it, thinking it's all hemorrhoids. Or if you have symptoms like diarrhea, alternating with constipation, or thin stools, or if you have urgency to have bowel movements, those are the most common symptoms you need to be aware of, which we attribute to something else like irritable bowel syndrome or just hemorrhoids, things like that. The other symptoms would be if you have persistent abdominal pain, weight loss, or extreme fatigue, because that could be a sign of anemia, which could be blood loss from colon cancer. So those are the symptoms I would say if you have them, don't ignore, go and get evaluated.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially the younger people, again, I keep going back to that demographic, the younger people, sometimes they get those symptoms and they probably ignore them thinking, oh, it's going to go away.
1: Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So
0: as with any cancer, early detection is the best route to go, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Because if you detect early, you can cure cancers. Once it's stage four, it's treatable, but not curable.
0: Yeah, that would be a tough way to go, especially as a young person. So let's talk about what you could do to maybe risk your developing of a colon cancer. Obviously, it's probably diet based, exercise based. But what are what are the ways to go?
1: Yeah, okay. So the things you can do to decrease the risk of colon cancer to make sure you maintain your weight. Overweight or obesity increases the risk of colon cancer. So how can you maintain your weight with physical activity, 30 to 60 minutes of exercise a day, and diet, especially diets rich in vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and low in red meat and processed meats have shown to really decrease the risk of colon cancer especially red meat has increased risk so less the better i would say and also alcohol and smoking as with any other cancers have also shown to decrease the risk if you can minimize or avoid them and also vitamins there have been some vitamins like vitamin d levels keeping them good has shown to decrease the risk of colon cancer and nonetheless screening is one thing which can help you decrease
0: the risk. You know, it seems like, doctor, every time we talk about any kind of cancer, it's always the same things you can do to reduce your risk. is no smoking, watch your drinking, watch your diet, watch your weight. It's the same for all cancers. Exactly. So if you take care of it for your colon possibilities, you can take care of the rest of your body. Exactly. Pretty common sense, I think.
1: Totally agree.
0: Yeah, it is. But again, the younger people probably don't think that way, do they?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> they just kind of just do what they want to do, like like always. Yeah. So, but the first step is, if you feel these symptoms, you just don't immediately go to see you an oncologist. You have to start with your primary care physician.
1: Yep. You start with your primary care, get evaluated with blood work, and if you need colonoscopy, get to the colonoscopy. And once they are diagnosed, then they come to us.
0: And then you uh, perform whatever service you recommend. Do you recommend the uh, colonoscopy first or either way, the guard? Or is it the choice of the patient, or do you recommend one?
1: I would recommend colonoscopy, but then it's up to the choice of the patients. I think patients feel like colonoscopy is, uh, everybody gets nervous about the prep, but you yourself said it was not too bad, and it's getting much better every year with the prep for colonoscopy. The procedure itself, it's only 10-minute procedure, and you are even put to like a conscious sedation where you don't even feel the procedure.
0: No, it's it it is very easy. Believe me, I've had 3 of them very easy. The prep in the old days was pretty tough, but the prep now is much easier.
1: Yep.
0: Easier to do for sure. So, if you unfortunately get diagnosed with colon cancer, what are some of the processes that happen after the diagnosis?
1: Yeah, so once it's diagnosed, then we stage the cancer. What stage is it? Is it early stage where it's curable or is it late stage? If it's early stage and curable, you start with surgery. And then you may need some chemotherapy if it's uh, like stage two or stage three for three to six months. And then we follow the patients very closely for five to seven years. We used to follow patients for five years, and if they get to the five-year mark, we would say they are survivors. But now we have extended that up to seven-year follow-up for the patients. And if it is stage four, where the cancer has spread, unfortunately, to liver or other organs, then it's a treatable situation. And I would say it's like mainly chemotherapy and systemic treatment options. So at RMCC, we do uh, give patient personalized treatment care where when we see the patients we decide what's the best treatment for the patients in terms of let it be chemotherapy or targeted therapy or immunotherapies, which are newer forms of therapies and we also have a lot of research trials going on over here where we always try to get patients enrolled in research trials and we also have excellent nursing care with our nursing staff where they are the ones who administer the chemotherapy and we have also a lot of other services like family support like for the family members with social work and also financial counseling services for patients because cancer is not um, easy it's an expensive process even with patients having insurances with their co-pays and so we do help patients with financial assistance and everything like that.
0: Now you you guys do a good job at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. I've been through there myself with my breast cancer. My wife's had breast cancer twice, and we worked with the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. You guys do a good job there.
1: Thank you.
0: And we appreciate that help. I'm curious about getting back to the colon cancer. Is it uh, like a hereditary thing? Can you get it that in genetic from family members?
1: Oh, yeah. So definitely like 10 to 15 percent of colon cancers are hereditary or inherited. So that's why I stress like if you have a family history of colon cancer or any inherited syndrome, you even start screening colonoscopies. They say like if you have inherited syndromes, you start at age 25. And if you have a family history of colon cancer, you start colonoscopy 10 years younger than the family member was diagnosed.
0: Well, if anybody has any questions about what you do, could they just call Rocky Mountain Cancer Center to get those questions answered?
1: Oh, definitely. We have a website with portal so the patients can always post questions over there and our team will be happy to get back to them and answer.
0: Well, that's great. Well, Dr. Nalaparati, good to have you on again this year as we go through Colon Cancer Awareness Month in March. We appreciate you and all the work you do at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center.
1: And thank you very much for giving the opportunity to talk. Yeah,
0: Yeah, anytime. And thank you guys for listening to Mile High Magazine. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and we'll talk to you next week.